You're listening to Movie Sucktastic. like some bad movie. All right there, sir. Get over here. <laughs> Hi, everybody. What's happening? You like fires? <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Movie Sucktastic, everybody. Uh, we're into the uh, third Oscar review of um, 2022 for the year 2021. Yeah. And this episode, we're reviewing Nightmare Alley. Nightmare Alley, the Guillermo del Toro film. Yes. You know, it's interesting. In watching this movie, uh, I was talking to, I was talking to Mare about it, and she goes, "Well, what's it about?" And then I said, "Well, it's, it seems like it's, uh, like it starts off like in the carnival setting, and then it kind of moves to uh, uh, an, a, another area of that, like uh, Bradley Cooper's character and Rooney Mara. They they kind of go off on their own, but." Knowing Guillermo del Toro, and she was like, oh, it's not like a monster movie. I go, you know what? Guillermo del Toro's movies always have monsters in them. The, I said, I told her, I go, it's either people or it's actual monsters who are the monsters. Right. So this is another example of that. This film, there are monsters in this movie, but they're, they're people. They're well, just to put, people. To put it another way, um, I, I try, uh, especially with... Um shape of water i i'm right. trying to explain to people who don't aren't into the films or don't understand them or don't get them um that he's what he's ma- making are adult fairy tales yeah you go all the way back to the devil's backbone um, oh yeah you know even I, most of his films are just that even chronos even chronos chronos uh, to to a lesser extent but yeah but it is and and um uh, i mean his american debut nest is uh not nest that's no, a different sex film mimic, mimic is probably one of the uh le- you know the least that fall into that category sure but um i actually had a couple people uh, i talked to who saw the film and they said that they were disappointed because they expected more of that uh you know the supernatural hand oh. eyes and oh. wacky shit from pan's labyrinth because that seems to be the film that everybody like remembers him for like like the current crowd whenever you mention to garam like oh yeah pan's labyrinth it's like, yeah, I was watching his shit back, yeah. back <laughs> you know, in the, back in, the 90s. Back when it was, wasn't in English. So, well, true. And and as much as I really, much as I really enjoy Pan's Labyrinth, it's just, it's, yeah, I, I hate the ending. 
Well, I'm not saying it's a bad ending. I'm saying I don't like it. It bothers yeah. me. It, I, it's just I don't. I don't need to feel like that. Thank you. <laughs> not what I signed up for. Yeah, Guillermo del Toro has something with the eye. Uh, just from watching this movie, it's like there's there's that there's a scene in this movie where it's like yeah, he kind of digs the eye thing. <laughs> well, it's a central theme of this film because uh, the the basic story is, and this is an adaptation of a 1948 novel. Um, right, and, and this, was, they made a movie too, right? In 1947, they did an adaptation of it. Yeah, I I have not. That makes sense. No, no, no. It didn't come out in 48 then. It came out soon. I know I know the film is from 47, so the book came out before 47. Okay. So I must have that date. Well, wrong. this movie takes place in 1941 or during that time period. Yes. So it was written in the early 40s. Yeah. I just got the number a bit off. But the movie I just saw recently, um, uh, not the film, but the date was 47. That's enough babbling for that. Um, but it, and you can really feel that it was written in that time period and he's taken the dialogue out of that. It just feels natural uh, f- coming from someone who likes to read books from that era but uh the basic pl- plot is just that uh of i mean not getting into the the beginning and the origin and everything but it's a uh it's it's about a con man um who get who gets in too deep i mean that's really a one sentence review in uh description pretty much oh and by the way remember when we were bitching about the last two films we reviewed you're a little um, close to your mic oh sorry <laughs> sir <laughs> new new mic Go ahead. We were bitching so, about uh, yes. No, no. Remember, we were bitching about dr- uh, drive my car. Well, I was, but yes. Well, no, specifically that forty-minute opening is like, why do you have to go through all this backstory? <laughs> yeah. So Guillermo del Toro just gave a, a master class on how to do that. <laughs> yeah. And he did exactly what I said they should have done. So that he, when that, whenever he mentions this, do have some quick shots of? I mean, dude, Guillermo told that whole backstory. With like five flashbacks that lasted no more than a few seconds. Oh, I know. I know. I, I Listen, and the thing is, too, as much as I enjoyed the opening of this film, I think the second half of this movie is where it really gets better. I mean, I, I went into the film blind, as I like I, to do. I did, too. I knew nothing other than the fact that it was like a carnival setting of some, some kind. Yeah. Now, obviously, right now, if you're listening or watching, spoilers, duh. So just don't don't need to express. I'm not saying it again. Um, yeah, I, 15, 20 minutes into the film, I I was under the impression that the whole film was going to take place with this circus. Me too. I was like, okay, this and 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 I'm like, I started looking into it more, like the whole electric chair thing for her. I'm like, oh, is this foreshadowing? Like, is, like, something crazy going to happen with this? Is, like, she's going to have an untimely death? It's going to be gruesome? And, I mean, it things just happen differently, but not in a disappointing way. So, but but you're right. I thought, I was like, oh, man, they're, they're, this is definitely, this is probably going to be here. This is probably going to be here the whole time. And that's not what happens. It's ba- It's a stepping stone. Yeah. But, so. the, but there is, I mean, but there's a, there's, a, uh, there's an underlying theme all throughout it about um, punishment, um, guilt, redemption, or yes. lack thereof. Uh, the, and uh, the, the electric chair comes into play. It's an image of that as well. A lot, a lot of imagery, uh, uh, Enoch, you know, all that shit. It's just, it's, <laughs> but, Who, who's on the screen right now? We have a knack, or at least you do, for saying something, and then the slide is right there. I'm, I'm physic. Is that right? 
mentalist. That's, that's right. He's back on the sauce. <laughs> oh, sweet, sweet gin. Um, so, so I loved this film. This movie's. I really liked this movie. I, 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 I um, from it's it, from very. I'm speechless. Go ahead. You, you, well, you, you know what? What's interesting too, Guillermo del Toro. Not that long ago, he did a movie called Crimson Tide, which, which I have not. Which Crimson Peak? Crimson Peak. Oh, Crimson Peak. Crimson Tide is the submarine. That's the one with Denzel Washington. Washington. <laughs> Crimson. Yes, you're right. All right. Now, see, now I want Guillermo del Toro to make a submarine film. <laughs> um, Crimson, Crimson Peak, and that movie. It's also a period piece. It got reviewed well, but it didn't get the notoriety that his his movies like when he was doing Shape of Water and this it didn't get it didn't get the real attention and or the audience that it probably deserved. Um, had that movie come out after Shape of Water, it probably would have got noticed a little bit more. But it's different, same it's same type. Uh, or style of film where it's not like jump out at you it's like not a lot of fast moving action it's a lot of character development a lot mm-hmm. of story arc you know a lot of like really beautiful scenes that and that some, movie is very similar in in the way this is done and some great dialogue oh yeah oh oh yeah hey, you know you know that uh you know that that german guy looks like chaplin <laughs> he's starting a war that's guy, that guy's got some balls. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, my God. Looks like Chaplin. Oh, uh, I mean. And then Ron Perlman's in this. He had a few good lines, too. Oh, Ron Perlman. Uh, one of, I mean, one of my favorite shots is Ron Perlman when he when they visit later at the hotel room to sitting back with the cigar and the chicken. I was like, that, that's Ron Perlman. He's not acting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I saw Ron Perlman. It's like, of course, Ron Perlman's in it. He's been, like, in, like, every other Guillermo del Toro film, film and yeah. also he also played a strong man in in a circus in uh, City of Lost Children. That's right. Which is uh, Juno? Was that the director for that? Uh, I forget his name. So, I, it's, it's a French name. Yeah, really French. Like that. Uh, he also Look directed Delicatessen and then mm. the horrible Catwoman. I think. And there's Ron Perlman with a cigar and a chicken chicken wing or a drumstick, <laughs> right up on the slideshow. So, all right, so I'm gonna ask you. Yeah. How far in did you know how it was gonna end? Um, I would say when he stole the book, or when he um, was asking to be taught by pete like all the stuff and i'm like and then pete did that whole thing about don't do the spook show mm-hmm. and i'm like he's totally gonna do the spook show <laughs> and it's not gonna end well i knew th- as soon as he started getting involved with pete and wanting to learn that stuff and then pete ends up dead i'm like oh yeah at that point i was like shit's gonna go south and this is probably really? how it's gonna end yeah Okay. Yeah, I uh, did, I did not see Bradley Cooper coming out of this unscathed. I actually thought 
we're spoiling this, right? Spoilers. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I actually I actually thought that Bradley Cooper was was not going to live, but I think the way the movie ends, he probably is better off dead. Yeah. Now I, I, I'm not bragging, but I'm I'm pretty sure I had the, the film figured out when he first gets to the circus and it goes to the geek show. Oh, oh, you you were predicting the very end, like the very the, very end. Yeah. Um. Just knowing Guillermo, when they went like the way they were framing the geek show and how long they 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 dwelt on it, they don't dwell on any other act as long as they do on the uh, geek show. Yeah. Uh, want, other than other than obviously the mesmerism that comes into play. Um, I want to say that uh, I didn't really predict. Uh, oh man, that's a good shot. That's a shot of uh, what's his face um, uh, with his face like punched in. <laughs> oh oh uh, the 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 yeah. rich the rich asshole. Yeah. Um. No, I, I, I want to say that I, you know, I envisioned a horrible ending for uh, Bradley Cooper's character. Mm-hmm. The geek wasn't one of them that I, I really thought of. Really? I really didn't think that. So I'm, I'm I, 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 I kind of suspected, and then when they got to the part where, uh, where uh, he's telling when, he, when the owner of the circus is telling him how they get the geek guy to do the geek show, right? I was like, oh, yeah. This is obviously where he's ending up. But again, at this point, I thought the whole thing was going to be with him at the circus, and I thought something was going to happen. And there's books like this. I mean, just off the top of my head, Joe Lansdale wrote a book called uh, Freezer Burn. Uh, it takes place in, like uh, I think, in the 80s or something like that. But very similar concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of books from this time period really focused on the grifters, the con men, and uh, homeless people traveling in the circus and stuff. That was all, and a lot of these people writing this stuff actually like were involved in those things too. Yeah, so they oh, really wow. reveal a lot in them. Well, you know true. what's interesting? I mean, I knew the that he was going to end up going to the drink because he just kept denying it and denying it and denying it. And there's things in the movie that kind of lead up to it anyway. Uh-huh. So I kind of thought that, you know, because they talk about how you get someone to become a geek And it's uh, Willem Dafoe's character. He basically tells him, you find a homeless alcoholic, you know, under bridges and tunnels and, you know, out out in the the weather and all kinds of things. And then you just, you slowly, you slowly bring them in uh, because he spikes the the alcohol with uh, drugs and they get addicted, blah, blah, all that stuff. And I was like, well, Bradley Cooper's character just keeps denying the alcohol, anytime it's offered to him, I never drink the stuff, I don't do that. And it just it was one of those things where I never thought he would even allow it to happen. <laughs> because he knows how, you know, Willem Dafoe told him how you do it. Mm-hmm. So, but when he walks in the room, and I was like, oh, I knew when he walked in the room that, that that's what was going to happen. At, at that point, my my prediction was that he was going to be with the circus the whole time, but much like some of the you know, other stories of a similar fashion, <clears throat> I mean, you had Ron Perlman and everybody threatening him and saying, you know, you don't hurt that girl. So my thought was that in the third act of the film, he would do something to the girl, and then much like in the film's Freaks, uh, the, the, the carnival people would, would retaliate against him and turn him into a geek as punishment. 
That's what I thought. Again, okay. uh, I was wrong uh, to an extent, but the, the basic concept was there. But I, but again, it's because you know you know how Guillermo mm-hmm. does his films. Of course. You know there's a lot of you know there's a lot of symbolism, you know there's a lot of theology or psychology involved. He's huge in all, all of that. Yeah. And uh I mean there's a lot of inspiring stuff in this movie. It, it, it's I I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if people watching it that aren't aware that it's adapted from a book from the 40s uh would even think of it. They're just like, "Oh, somebody just wrote a cool uh, noir film." Yeah, no. And, and not only is it adapted from the 40s, I actually pulled up the the plot line from that movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like Stanton Carlisle, the name is the same. Pete, who teaches him, I mean, that's the same. So Zena, that's name's the same. So Guillermo is true to the source material, which I kind of knew he would be. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's mm-hmm. you're right. People just wouldn't even think twice about right. about it. And that's because his style really just makes it into his own story. I mean, but again, just just that opening where, okay, he burned the house. Now he's walking away. Now he's on a bus. Oh, look, it's nighttime. It's a different town. And hey, look, there's a circus. Fucking minutes. (laughs) Not even. Not even. We don't have to do a whole first act explaining his childhood, for God's sakes. Yeah. Listen to me drive my car. This is where you went wrong. This is why you're not (laughs) at the top of my list. So, um, but I mean, uh. Just you know, when he chases the geek into the the um, house of damnation. Oh, was that, it wasn't actually it, called damnation. No, it wasn't. Alley, right? Yeah, it it wasn't. Um, like sins. I got a, I got a screenshot in there somewhere of it. Yeah, and it's all about sins and um, uh, you know, uh, repent and I mean, and part of that was a lot of the times these act these shows um, and it was bled into film too. In order to get around the censors and towns and stuff. Uh, like so, you, you do a horror house, but then you say, "Oh no, no!" But this is an instruction on how to how to follow God. This is like this is showing the, the evil ways. It's instructional. It's educational. Right. Uh, so that was common back then too. All this stuff really rings true, and so it, it's like the metaphor is not stretched too far because this all this stuff is always there. Oh, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know what? You know what's interesting too. When, like you were saying, like you thought that the film was going to take place entirely in this carnival setting. Mm-hmm. Had it stayed entirely in the carnival setting, I wouldn't have minded either. I wouldn't have minded had it not branched out into something else. But I'm glad it did because I enjoyed it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and then when he starts preying on... Uh, I mean, because it's, it's all... I mean, he's warned in advance by uh, Pete and then... But then, I mean... The, the film kind of plays plays uh, with the audience on they don't actually like show you that he killed Pete but they kind of show you that he did but they don't right. actually show it you know what I mean right well, like they don't like, and that, I even like that like he he just like oh he just goes and he shows back up with the bottle or he, they show him put the money in but they don't show him pick the wrong bottle out of the box right you know what I mean yeah 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 the wood so they the wood leave alcohol that kind of doubt in your name There's yeah. a, the doubt in your mind and and I think the 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 biggest point to the whole con artist thing, I don't know if I'm jumping ahead here, um, is that he he thinks he he uh, he gets this idea that he can read people, which mm-hmm. he can to an extent. But what he doesn't understand, what he doesn't realize, is that he, reading people isn't the same as understanding them. True, and and that and that's mainly because of you know his upbringing, his, the sh- the shit that he had to deal with with his father. You know, mm-hmm. um, how he grew up as a man, 
is like it's all like psychological and analytical in a lot of ways well and even as the psychologist tells him at the end he's like uh you 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 don't trick people the people trick themselves yeah you're telling them what they want to hear you see you know you you thought all the power was on your end you're really just you're you're you know and she proved that he was doing it to himself too i mean there's a whole psychological game and and pete warns him of that earlier in the film he says Mm -hmm. if you do this the reason i stopped this act and he ended up becoming an alcoholic is because you can't tell anymore from the truth and the lies. Like you just you believe the lies, and it is the truth. So it, it's yeah. It, Pete warned him it well in advance about it, and he did it anyway because he couldn't help yeah. himself. And 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 uh, the the Stanton character is is a typical um, tragic, um, not not really like not even antihero, but it's like the tragic character of that kind of noir novel where they're just they're bums and everything they do yeah. is wrong and every and it all comes back to them at the end there's no happy ending you know you know from the beginning you start reading the book this guy's not going to end well we're here to watch it fall yeah i mean um, even willem dafoe uh he tells him at one point he goes listen nobody cares what you've done in a place like this previous you know because he came to town and he's like you need work and it's like nobody will nobody cares what you've done before here mm-hmm. they just do not so yeah but but also so with his background too i mean the, as is always the case when you have a, a a movie that takes place in a carnival kind of atmosphere uh it's 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 shown as like a family you know they, they have connections and they care for each other and they watch each other's backs and stuff so it's another layer there where the stanton character just can't bring himself to become part of a family he's rejected families because he rejected his father right right yeah you know? and loved and, and hated that, him and but he and, hated him more. And he rejected his father, who was a preacher, because uh, he believed his father was lying. And then he ends up doing the exact same thing he hated his father for. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and you could do we could do this all all night. We can. I mean, there's there are so many things that there's, are balanced back and forth. Movie has a lot of layers, a lot of layers. I mean, this is a film that. I wouldn't mind revisiting another time or just bringing up again in another longer style of show, not when we're trying to keep these to 30 minutes, you mm-hmm. know. Well, I mean just look at just look at how like Enoch, right? The fuck does Enoch have to do with anything? <laughs> Except but it's 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 a um it's a, a objective correlative perhaps. Uh it 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 stands for something throughout the film even though it has no actual uh weight to the plot itself right it's just representative of something and like at the, at the end where he goes in and enoch's there with his own ra- his old radio it's like oh dude <laughs> like you have nothing anymore yeah I yeah well i bought radio. enoch and the radio like I he forgot he, about the radio although honestly up until he called it a radio i thought he was carrying around a little can uh can i thought he was gonna like play oh. accordion at one point <laughs> So I was disappointed in that too. I'm I'm looking up tarot cards while I'm watching this film. That's how much I know that Guillermo del Toro does things on purpose. Yeah, well, of course. So uh, when when he goes I'm afraid to the of house, I, I don't want tarot cards. I'm afraid of that shit. <laughs> by the way, great another film where I got to see some guy's dick. Thank you very much, Brad. Wow. Um, hey, what are you gonna do the, during the bath sequence when he first meets uh, the bathhouse lady? I forget her character's name. Um, she she's also does tarot cards. Because her husband's Pete, the mesmerist. Uh, when he go walks over to go into the bath, she flips the final card over that she was laying, and it's um, 
uh, card 17, uh, the star, but it was upside down. So I had to look that up. I did. And it, and it was obviously there on purpose. It was about like a coming relationship, something like that nature, lovers attracting. Right. So it was like her putting the eye on Brad. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, and the hangman thing. I am, I am pissed. I didn't catch this when it came. Did you notice the reference to the hangman in the third act? Yes, I did. Wait, and what was it? Well, you talk. Are you talking about just the mention of the card, the hangman? No, no. Later in the third act, when it, when it's, um, when it, when it call back to it. Oh. Um, I didn't catch it. I read it somewhere afterwards, and I was pissed. I don't. When uh, he, when, when. Uh, no, I don't think. No, I didn't. After everything goes down, oh yeah, and you mentioned that uh, the dead guy, the guy he kills, he punches the fucking death. Guillermo's not holding back. <laughs> no, holy and Gu- shit! And Guillermo likes that actor because he used he was in uh, Shape of Water. <laughs> oh yeah, um, at least a couple of times I was like, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> he's picking his teeth out of his hand later. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm like, I was like, wow, fuck! You know, it's kind of like. Um, Michael Shannon in Shape of Water when he rips his own two fingers off. You mm-hmm. know, it's like when he does that in that movie, because, you know, they tried to sew them back on and it doesn't take. When that scene happens in Shape of Water where he rips his two fingers off, and I'm like, oh, whoa. God damn. His, 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 adult fan, his adult fairy tales, much like the adult real world, is steeped in violence. Very, just like very just like much. real original fairy tales for kids were. Yeah. Uh, I, I just I really appreciate that in him, and he does it just right. So you were saying the hangman in the third act. Oh yeah. So so when 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 after everything goes down and the psychologist tricks him, and man, there's a fucking scene. Oh, I know. My oh, and just her character, just so fuck. And this is it's again typical of like noir detective novels or you know crime novels of that time period yeah tough as nails woman usually always beats these fucking guys down because they never suspect the woman and like you know like the woman is just like rung through life you know when she shows that scar down her head, body oh, oh right right we, we we don't need a 40 minute opening to explain what happened to her just what happened to you life happened to me <laughs> yeah i'll you don't live need to know anything else <laughs> but when but when she double crosses him and he didn't see it coming and it just, the, the lack of power he has over her, when he's strangling her with her telephone cord, yeah. she laughs at him yeah. and says, you know, you always took my breath away. It's like, oh, you're, you're taking my breath away. It's and like, are you laughs. trying? I think she said, are you trying to take my breath away or something, something of that like nature. that? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and laughing while he's strangling her is like, yeah, she she doesn't care. No. And and she know and she knows that like the, the, the <laughs> they're going to come in time. I think, and even if they don't, though, she doesn't care. No, she knows she got the last laugh. <laughs> but but after all that, when he escapes into the train yard, climbs into the train with the chickens, and they they purposely, I mean, obviously they purposely did it. But if you watch the film, chickens keep popping up all over the place just to remind you that the geek, of the geek in the background, right? Because they don't bring the geek up anymore. But no. the chicken keeps coming up. So, uh, but then when he when he hides behind the chicken crates and that and and the train leaves. There's that one shot overhead of him laying down behind the, the chicken crates. I remember thinking to myself, there's something important about the way this is staged, but I can't think of it. <laughs> and then later I read, oh, yeah, when he's in the train car with the chickens, uh, that's that's a representation of the hanged man, the way it looked when he drew it. It's like, motherfucker. <laughs> Damn it. I knew it, but I just couldn't put my finger on it. Yeah. 
Oh. See, I'll admit when I'm, I'm, I'll admit when I get fooled by a film. I, I'm not always people always lie. Oh, I saw that coming. No, 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 that caught me. <laughs> I mean, it's a brilliant film. He, he adapted. I, um, you know, I, I don't know if there's some sort of a record, or if it's like the or the first time it's ever happened, but that you know, and I haven't seen all of the best pictures, but have you noticed that Bradley Cooper is in two best picture films? This mm-hmm. and Licorice Pizza, and then Kate Blanchett is in two Best Picture films. This and Don't Look Up, and um, uh, Timothy Chalamet is in two Best Picture films. Don't Look Up and Dune. Like, well, it it just shows you what, how um, shallow the the voting pool is for this, <laughs> and people, and, and like the whole the whole. Uh, white gold thing. Oh, you know, we haven't had representation in other categories. It's not like, where I'm going right. with this. That's not where I was going with it. I was just no. I'm saying, are you surprised that like because that's why like you get the same ten or twelve people in every fucking movie. Channing Tatum's in another fucking film. Why? How come I got to see these people in every fucking movie? All of a sudden, I, I got to see just everybody. It's like, oh, now he's in every fucking film. I maybe it didn't bother me as a kid, but now it's just like annoying. Well, like, one thing. I'm sorry, I did cut you off though. Finish your talk. No, no, no. I was I was just I was just pointing out that there are multiple actors in multiple best picture films this year and I've never seen so many multiple best pictures with the same actors in it. I've seen it. Really? It's happened before, one or two here, but not like four or five people it's like an, like it's it, happening. It's an incestuous industry. They're going to keep going back to the same people. It's 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 you know, it's not a real if this was a mm, Anyway. Anyway. Um, what was I just going to fucking say? Oscar, him. Oh, yeah. Like, like now, Brad Bradley Cooper, I thought, did a great job. Yes. No argument. Mm-hmm. Now, could I picture somebody else besides Brad Bradley Cooper doing this role? I, I think yes. yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm tired of hearing from everybody, oh, yeah, Leonardo was up for that role. Leonardo is up for every fucking role. He's like the first person they go to. <laughs> Pretty much. And, and he didn't, and he and he didn't take the job because uh, he wanted more money. Oh, really? Yeah, I guess Guillermo couldn't afford his 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 bill, budget. Oh, how much did this cost? Oh, I have no idea. You're the numbers guy. I don't care. I'm gonna find out. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, not a lot. Thirty-five million. I'm sorry. Uh, Sixty million. Sixty million. It made mm. thirty-five million. I mean, it's a star-studded cast. Every every actor is a name. Every actor is somebody you recognize. Everybody, even Every. the even the henchman Anderson is. Yeah. I can't remember his name, but he's been in a ton of stuff. Yeah, and oh man, you know the first thing I ever saw him in ever. What? Creepshow two. He played the Indian, the guy with the long hair that was going to go to Hollywood. It was the, uh, the scene with Anderson. Yeah, so he was in Creepshow too. He was in the uh, the the one he, that got hit by the car. Yes, he was in the skit or the skit. He was in the story with the the. Um, he played the wooden Indian. The wooden. Well, he didn't play the wooden Indian, but he was in oh. that one. He played okay. the. He, he was an. In, he played an Indian in in Creepshow too. He had the long hair, black hair, and he kept talking about how he's going to go to Hollywood and it's going to make him famous. Before he kills two old people. Yeah, I don't remember that at all. I mean, I remember the story. I don't remember him in it. 
Yeah, look, Creepshow, Creepshow Two was a very underwhelming film for me, so I haven't really revisited it much. I like Creepshow Two for for what it's, it's worth. Bad. I like it. It's not bad, and I, I it was you know based on actual Stephen King short stories that I, I recognized the the raft. I remember reading that in the oh sure. Books. So um, it, there's nothing wrong with it, but it's just after the first one, it just didn't live up to expectations for me. Well, yeah, I, very I very hard. You know. But he that's the first thing I ever saw him in. And I didn't realize it was him until a few years later when I saw him in something else. Um, and I was like, and I looked him up and I was like, wait a minute. And I then can't I, think of the first thing I saw him in. Yeah, that's the first thing I ever saw him in. I didn't realize it was him until a few years later, which was interesting. So, yeah, I mean, I just. I think it's a good performance, but I don't. I don't know. I don't know if it's best Oscar. You know. You mean well, uh, it, you mean best picture? Best picture. No, best best actor. Sorry, I meant best actor. Is he? Um, is Bradley Cooper up for best actor? I, you said he was. That's why I was asking. No, I don't think so. Okay, then then good. Then I'm not going to complain. So, <laughs> what are we looking at for the what? What Oscars is it up for? Where's my? All right. Like? So it's um, it's up for. Best cinematography, mm. best costume design. Oh, you're going too fast. Okay, costume design. Uh, Period piece. You know, making it look like the yeah. '40s. Gumshoe. You know, mm-hmm. style clothes, things like that. If there's a Queen Victoria thing in there, they'll lose. But other than that, it's a good good shoeing. Yeah. Uh, best achievement in production design. No idea. And uh, best picture, where Bradley Cooper is one of the producers. So if it where to win Best Picture, which it won't. But if it did, he gets a statue. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't I, I don't see a film uh, of this nature winning Best Picture. No. I'm glad it got nominated because it is a good film. Yeah. Uh, and and I actually like it more than than um, Pan's Labyrinth because of the fucking ending. <laughs> don't, just don't do that. There's no reason for it. Sorry. Don't make me care that much for a character and just fuck him at the end. <laughs> Seriously. What's up with that? <laughs> fuck you. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm trying to think of any final thoughts on the movie. I mean, uh, everything from the opening, with it, it's just... they, they leave, Garamon knows how to leave mystery and build build tension. Uh, I also love that everything was realistic. I mean, even the, that yeah. electric act, that's an actual thing. Uh, Slymenstra from Guar, she, uh, she did that on the road for uh, a while. Did she really? Yeah, yeah. It's it's a natural thing, you know, because it's just current going through you. You you can actually survive a lot more than that, and people, you know, it's a thing. So I I can't think of anything I saw in that movie that that was like, no, nah, they didn't have that back then. You know? right. Oh, and the midget. Thankfully, we have a midget that wasn't fucking Dinkler Dinklage. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to get him, but the budget just would have. Hey, hey, Peter. Hey, Peter. Why don't you give some other midgets a chance? You fuck. Uh, I, I think you want you you're, you want to say little people. What? No, I don't. No, midgets. That's the that's the technical term. That's the that's the clinical term. That's it. If 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 I'm talking to a midget and they ask me not to use the word, I I, I won't. I'm not a dick. But I mean, there's there's a. Oh, here's a shot of the spider lady. It's just like. Who is uh, Defoe's wife? In the movie, no real no, his real wife. Actress oh, Willem Dafoe's wife. Oh, that's funny, but it's just one of those things where it's like I didn't listen to my parents. 
<laughs> and I ended up this way. And again, they get away with showing horrifying stuff by making sure that it's it's presented as an instructional, right. something good for society. Uh-huh. We actually saw something similar to that when Doug and I went to the uh, uh, Meadowlands Carnival. Oh, really? Something with the head sticking out. Yeah, I forget. I forget now. There was a headless person somewhere, and I remember like just, yeah, I know how this is done. And I was like, eh, I shouldn't be proud of that. <laughs> I'm, I do also just love, I, I mean, I, I think the this one, one um, doorway from childhood to adulthood mm-hmm. is when you look at a circus and you stop seeing the, the light bulbs and the clowns and everything, and you start seeing the carnies. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. It's yeah, like yeah. when you start seeing the when you start seeing the dark, uh, the darkness behind the the glitzy facade, and he's like, oh yeah, no, this this is not a good place to be. Uh, <laughs> no, you know, you'll hear the stories of oh, I ran away to join the circus, and it's like, yeah, that's what happened. Now I'm biting chicken heads. There's so, a horror film uh, about a geek, Luther the Geek, it came out in the '80s. I I believe it's available. Oh really? I have, I have it on my Plex. I have, I have not to watched check it, it out. You know, it's interesting. I'm, I'm kind of looking at the plot for the original Nightmare Alley film from 1947. And it... I'm just looking at, like, at how the movie ends. And even the line, Mr. I Was Made For It, is in the original film. That's... that's No, that's not the original. That's not the line. They changed it in the original in the uh, forty-seven film. What in was it book, in the What was it in, in the forty? In the book and in Guillermo de Termo's film, he says, "I was born for the part." In the nineteen forty-seven film, he said, "I was made." I was for made the part. for it. Okay. Uh, and there's there's as far as I know there's there's been there's no explanation for why they felt the need to change that one word, uh, for that film. No, I, I don't know. Well, I'm but, wondering, okay, so since you said that, uh, saying that Bradley Cooper was born for it means that his existence was always going to end up this way no matter what he did. His life. He, he, yeah. He, he, yeah he, he, led, he, he fed himself into, you know, self-fulfilling prophecy, right. which I, I hate that fucking term now with, with a fucking passion, so I don't want to use it. But, I mean, he just, he, he finally saw everything that, like, the psychologist saw in his past when she was grilling him because she you know she she knew what was going on there she was she was actually reading him where he was just tricking people into thinking he was reading him right i mean that's the importance of that whole thing but but um how did i get off on that tangent well i was talking about the original plot uh like even the ending so so it's just it's just him finally the whole thing he came through he realizes that you know everything he did wrong and everything and he you know he's 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 come through the redemption thing, at least. To, he understands that this is why he belongs here. He knows he's a bad person. Yeah. He's always said that before. But, uh, you know, he created his own hell, uh, which is also symbolized by the flames in the house in the uh, opening shot. Yeah, I want to seek out the 1947 film. I want to watch it now. Oh, I'm sure it's available now. This I'm, film's got so much lip service, sure even it though is. it didn't do that well in the theaters. But, but it says here, you know, because of Stanton... He says, uh, with nowhere else to go, Stanton tries to get a job at a carnival, only to suffer the ultimate degradation. The only job he can get is playing the geek, eating live chickens in a sideshow. So, it's mm-hmm. it's interesting that, uh, and I must, I can only assume that earlier in that same film they they show 
the geek eating chickens, you know, things like that. But they, they may not have actually shown it as Guillermo did. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not like this. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't me. Yeah, uh, but the, I mean, again, there, the, there, there's religious themes throughout the film about. Um, uh, I mean, not only about this father and a preacher, but then just the, the concept of um, not doing harm. Uh, I mean, there's a lot going on in the film. It's, I can't recommend it enough. Yeah. All right. So let's go ahead and give it a score then. Oh, I got to look at it. Yeah. So yeah. it's currently on IMDb. I mean, it's currently low, I think. 7.2. Oh, that's unacceptable. Yeah. It's a 7.2 on imdb considering that uh drive my car was is like an 8.1 or 7.9 on imdb it's like come on give me a break let me say this um the films reviewed so far drive my car and um power the dog i felt both of them were good yeah i enjoyed them both not debating that now but at the same time they both had flaws that prevented them from being perfect Mm -hmm. um just things that I felt they should have done differently. I can't point to anything in Nightmare Alley where I feel like it should have been done differently. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I don't. I No. I mean, it's like you were saying before about Drive My Car, spending so much time in the first 40 minutes. And mm-hmm. what does Guillermo do? You said it. He, he gave you everything you needed and didn't... You know, this didn't make this a three-hour movie doing mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, a two and a half. Two and a half, but it didn't feel like a two and a half hour movie. It, it, it kind of doesn't. Its pacing is really well done. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, are you, are you suggesting a ten? No. No. No, I'm not. Okay, because, because I, I mean, I, I, to me, I mean... You no, know, because because I don't think the film is brilliant. I don't think the film is like important or brilliant. I think it's very good and I yeah. love it. Uh, it's a personal favorite. But uh, did this change cinema? Is this like like an, uh, something that everyone will remember? Like, no, it's not. No. This isn't groundbreaking. It's just an awesome film. Yeah. Uh, so what are you suggesting? You got You got you, you can't just you can't just hand out the tens. No, you know? we never. I think we've handed out a ten three times or twice. Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler. Uh, Fucking love that movie. Um. So yeah, seven point two. I'm I'm okay with going to eight on this one. I agree. I I think this is a solid eight. As a matter of fact, when I was watching it today, um, I was like, this is a solid eight. That was like the first number that came to me when I uh, when I was thinking about what I was gonna score it. Solid eight. It's in. The fact that it's a, the fact that it's a seven two is a little disappointing. Yeah, I, mm. <coughs> you know what? I, again, two people I talked to said they were disappointed in the film because they expected it to be more fantasy. So I can understand why the rating's a bit lower because Guillermo del Toro has set an expectation with Pan's Labyrinth, and the general audience are fickle and short sighted. But here's the thing: I mean, Shape of Water was just only slightly more you know fantasy than than this movie it no, has she a, fucked had, a fish man it had it had a fish she guy fucked, in it she fucked a fish man 
Yeah. That is way more fantasy than scamming rich people. Yeah, but there's there's no actual there is no actual magic in this movie. That that is it's correct. All, it's all fake. No, hundred percent. That is so, correct. So yes, fish fucking much higher than con artist. I I must disagree with you, sir. It's just a fish man walking around. That's all it is. Fucking. Take the fucking out. And eating, eating cats. Take the fucking elephant. Don't throw that at me, sir. How dare you? All I'm saying is, remove the fish man, insert regular man. It's the same movie. So remove the fantastical element of the film, and suddenly it's no longer fantasy. Go figure. <laughs> you know where I'm going with it. Hey, I'm I'm just I'm standing up for the people who 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 were disappointed by the film. I understand why they were. But they, all, they they really thought it was going to be more uh, spooky. They thought they wanted a real spooky. Well, it's show. got the word nightmare in it, so I mean, I think that throws people off. But I mean, Guillermo wanted to stay true to the source material, and that movie had the same title. So not, not Guillermo. No, no, no. That's, I'm saying that's why it has the word um, nightmare is because the original sure. film had nightmare. Bird is the word. Bird. The bird is the word. All I'm all I'm saying is, uh, if they were expecting Pan's Labyrinth, the trailers and anything you might have even little blurbs really show that it isn't going to be that movie. Well, it's like if, if you saw if you if you never saw a trailer, but you heard Michael Bay has a new film called Transformers, you're like, great, and you go there, and the whole thing's about electrical engineers. What the <laughs> fuck is this? <laughs> I understand that. Transformers. Not everybody researches films. They just say they hear a, a, a director they like in a fi- or an actor they like in a film name. Like, oh, that sounds good. Listen, the the best rule of thumb I can give to anyone is go in blind. Yeah. Just go and stop watching trailers. Just go in you gotta, blind. You gotta you gotta have an adventure in your heart. I mean, don't get me wrong. I will watch the occasional trailer here and there. I did watch the trailer for the Batman. I, it's not something I'm going to avoid. I need to see at least a little bit, mm-hmm. just a little bit. But I stopped watching any kind of trailer or content. Although you can't avoid it now; it's on every fucking channel because it's coming we out are. next weekend. We are over time, sir. We are. All right, so let's go ahead and do this. All right, everybody. Thank you again yeah. during our Oscar, Oscar nominees. We uh, just reviewed Nightmare Alley. Thank you for hanging out with us while we did that. Go to our website at moviesucktastic.com. Listen or download the show there. You can also go to iTunes and do a search for Movie Sucktastic. Get the show there as well. Go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash moviesucktastic. If you want to leave us email, the address is themovieguys at moviesucktastic.com. If you want to call us and leave us voicemail, the number is 908-514-4470. You can download the Android app for your uh, Android device, tablet, phone, whatever you're using. Go to moviesucktastic.com forward slash mst.apk or download your favorite podcast player and just do a search for us, Moviesucktastic, and we come right up. Do you have any words of wisdom, Mr. Wilson? Bradley Cooper's penis. <laughs> You sound like you're the only one disappointed. For your consideration. (laughs) 
All right, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. They should have a best penis category. Well, we did the whole f full frontal male nudity episode. No, I few... mean the Oscars. Oh. <laughs> Isn't... Would that fall under the uh, People's Choice Award that the Oscars are doing now? I don't want them. I don't want people choosing the penis. <laughs> All right. Bye. <laughs>